Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 4. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter. I play Finnegan Finn Tempest, a tiefling trainer, which is a Skyrend original class supported by the Metalweave Games supplement Baby Beastry. Finn is the trainer of Cerulius, a blue guard drake. Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain. Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard. You can also find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. All right, that's, that's enough rules for today, I think. These are the very basic ones. Follow them or don't. I honestly don't care. In fact, the more rules you break, probably the better for me. <laughs> Anyways, he opens up the book again. What about actually getting to use your abilities more? There's so much more you can do besides grow a pillar, Darvin. There's so much more you can do besides have stronger spells, Aranus. And Finnegan, there's just, <laughs> there's just oh so much for you to learn here. How much you can put it into practice, I, I don't know. We shall find out. But since we've been talking about kids and power, there's so much that gods can do with their kids. There's, there's turning into your kids, there's finding them, there's talking with them, there's making new ones. And gods do more than, of course, you know, make children. There is, in fact, just making children. And I don't mean the old-fashioned way. Crafting whole cloth, crafting artifacts and spells. Really, the sky's the limit. Darvin or Arnis, are you leaning any particular way here? I mean, like, the idea of just, like, making children, like, just poof. Hey, look. Like, kind of freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he was speaking children not in the traditional sense, too. Like, he said artifacts and spells and things, too. Like, you yeah. are divine enough you can... You Brumble created Brumble's mantle. You could mm-hmm. create Arnis's mantle, three-legged stool. <laughs> like <laughs> sounds like some weak-ass crap, is what it sounds like. Not if it's like a bar stool and you're breaking it over people's backs. That's true. You break it over someone's Bro. back and it instantly reforms, and you break it over someone's back and it instantly reforms. It's that the would ever-breaking be a weapon. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's talking about like, yes, you can create children the old fashioned way and actually, you know, go out and procreate or yes, there is crafting them whole cloth, rubbing two sticks together and poof, I made a new like flying dog or then, yeah, there's creating artifacts, there's creating spells, but then there's also more basic things like, yeah, you've, you've seen Olnir and Gostrom turn into other elves and monstrosities respectively. That's something that gods can do. 
And then there's just, you know, finding your children and communicating with your children. A lot of that communication from the mortal side tends to be through things like prayer and services, but there's nothing stopping gods from reaching out to their kids as well. So that's the more basic, like, safe stuff. But if you want to get right into advanced, you know, making new things, that's up to you. I really don't. Darwin, I know... Darwin, I know you had talked before about, hey, what about creating things like walls or holes? Right. Yeah, basically a chance here for either of you to begin a lesson in new magic, in new abilities. In making walls or holes? In whatever you want. If you wanted to learn how to create, like, quicksand or earthquakes or, you know, stalagmites spring up suddenly from the ground and impale people. Embrace your inner uh, earthbender. Like or like a people mover on the ground, so you didn't have to walk everywhere. You could just be on your own little people mover. Yep. Anything you want that's connected to land. Kate is not as powerful as Rabillo, of course, but still has the ability to tap into that. Or, you know, uh, stone armor. Just like stone weapons. Haha. Uh-huh. That'd be cool, too. So, but if this is something that neither of you are ready to get into right now, I can certainly bring in the next thing. No, I'm, <laughs> it'd be cool to make earthquakes. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm up for pulling off to the side of the road and doing that. What about you, Arnis? What are my options again? <laughs> Whatever you want. You're a god, honey. They're infinite. <laughs> I, there's... I mean, I know there's, there's a lot of options. Uh, the ones he mentioned specifically was more to do with your children since we were already talking about offspring and bestowing power. So whether that's turning into any one of your children, finding your children, talking with your children, creating brand new children. But just like before, how you had your empowered spells, you know, you could keep focusing on that. You could try to exert more control in terms of lessening the rebellious spell effects, like lowering that die or lowering the bonus to that, or like giving a negative to that roll even. So that way I had fewer tools to use against you in terms of those things, you could try to create a more powerful version of any of the spells you currently know. Like, oh yeah, I know vicious mockery, but what if I had exceptionally vicious mockery or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Since you're a caster and have technically like a higher tier of divine potential, let's say, uh, you have a few more options. But if you just pick a direction, it can help filter things out. Like, do you want to? Do you want to be better at healing people, hurting people? Do you want better control over your magic? Do you want more divine charges? All right, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. And this is something that we talked about already. I I want to be better at healing people. Oh yeah, you were talking about like what about a mass mass healing or something? Or no 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 you right you Not mentioned just like mass cure wounds, which is something that I have like like mass greater uh, re- restoration or mass or regenerate mass or whatever. <laughs> Like, how could you heal more people of the withering all at once? Right. Yeah. That's right. We had talked about that. Was that with regenerate? I can't remember which spell you use. I think, well, I've used... What's your seventh level spell slot? That's regenerate. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I used greater restoration on somebody. Maybe that was the time it didn't work, but it wasn't going to work anyway because they were dicking with me. (laughs) Whatever. Oh, that might have been um, that might have been in the Church of Rebellion when you first got there, and they were trying to pull right, a hole right, over right. your eyes. Right, right. And I was like, "Oh no, that person's not actually afflicted by the withering at all. It was all trickery." And then you got attacked, and then you won. Okay, okay. 
so the goal here is to be able to target multiple people, large groups of people with regenerate to help cure them of the withering even faster. Sorry, to remove the effects of the withering even faster among larger groups of people. Right. Currently, with your empowered spells, you can add targets to that spell. So I see this. I see two different options here. Um, you're more than welcome to come up with a third if you want. Sure. There's improving your empowered spells. It's like upping the bonus or upping the die size. So that way you just have more charges so you can target more individual people, which is kind of a generic way of, of helping this, as well as helping out your other spells as well. Or you can try to specifically improve regenerates so that its base number of targets increases. So that way, even without using empowered spells, without using your charges, you're automatically hitting more people. Right. And then depending on how successful you are will depend on how many people that targets. And then, of course, you could always add charges to it to boost it further. Yeah. I like both those options. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to go with the first one only because I know I've got more crap to do than just cure the withering. Okay. So if it's used, if it obviously can be useful for me in other places, that seems like maybe the way to go. Right. At least for now. Yeah. Boosting up your empowered spells. All right. So Arnus wants to boost his empowered spells. Darwin, you want to learn how to make an earthquake? Yeah, sounds fun. Okay. Plus, I'll never have to stir anything again. Just earthquake. You know, there's an eighth level spell from the player's handbook that's just called earthquake earthquake i think this might be a little bit more than what i don't know i don't know if darwin if this is what darwin wants it's a 100 foot radius circle anywhere within 500 feet of you and it does like a shit ton of things that might be a bit uh, ambitious but if you want to look at that eighth level spell and see if that's something you want to work toward that's fine could be a good starting point but question for you darwin this earthquake, what type of effect with this earthquake does Darwin have in mind? Is it shaking things so people fall down? Is it shaking things so buildings collapse and crush people? Is it shaking things and the earth opens up and swallows people? What, mm. If you had to choose one, which would it be? I'm not saying that this will be the only effect, but like this is Darwin's goal, so if you roll very well, this is what you get. But if things go would, less well, then... Yeah. I would say the earth opening up, I, I want you know, cracks and fault lines and stuff. This seems... Because mm -hmm. it might be useful outside of combat, even. It certainly might. Uh, I mean, that sounds like, you know, making area into difficult terrain. Uh, yeah. Putting some distance in between you and opposing forces by like, ha ha ha, there's this fissure in the way now. Yeah. Okay. How safe does Darwin want this to be in terms of safe for other people and other things around like when you do this earthquake would darvin care if a building fell over i didn't want it to yeah but but also maybe you take that into account when you do it right maybe you center it somewhere so you try not to target the buildings mm -hmm. you don't want to fall or something mm -hmm. I'm just as far saying. as other people i figure there's nothing i can do about them right there's less you can do about people i mean to say that you're not just creating like a natural earthquake. This is you and Cade working together to like focus an earthquake somewhere. And if you want to be able to say like this won't damage the buildings next to the fault line, that's a potential. Uh, it's not a certainty. We'll find out. That's what rolling is for. Okay. 
But yeah, okay. So it sounds like we're going to have to stop the wagons then. All right, everybody out right here at the side of the road. Uh, you stop at a place several hours from Caravel. The sun's getting low. The ocean branch. You know what? We're not even going to say this the same day. We don't have to say this the same day. Or do we? Nah. Do you, okay, question. Do you want this all to be the same day, or do you want this to be days later and we're finally stopping and doing this? I don't know what people's health and spell slots are like. Well, oh, mine's I think not it, ideal, I think but mine doesn't matter. Did it all reset? Didn't we, like, we took... Yeah, didn't we long rest? You didn't. Last week? Because I bought training. Oh, you didn't get sleep. Oh, that's, that's, that's right. Deep. Finnegan like, didn't get sleep. But mine doesn't matter. All the I, rest of us are good. I, I would feel... I would feel very awful if we had like literally just gotten on the road and I was like, oh, we got to stop to do some stuff. Like, so mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to say that it's been a few days. A couple days. Okay. I, I also want to say like, this doesn't directly matter if Finnegan's at full fighting force, but if things go bad and he needs to be able to react, it might matter. So yeah, let's say this is several days later. Like the conversations you've been having with Ristos. Uh, have been taking time, and it's like, oh, this is what you want to do? Cool, let me prep a lesson plan for that. Arnus wants to be able to improve the, the divine charges, more empowered spell stuff. Great. Darwin wants to shake open the earth. Let me figure out what I need to do that. Uh, how do we focus on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His attitude as a teacher and his methods might be bad, but he's still like, this is still what he's doing. This is still why he's here. And he did plan for that pop quiz, for example, outside of the Duke's Lament. Just because you didn't like it doesn't mean it wasn't a plan. But okay, he's going to take some time. He's going to be like, all right, I think I know what you guys want. I think I might have a good way to approach that. Uh, just just give me a couple of days. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, I'm gonna study up a little bit, and then we'll, we'll get right to that, all right? So it's a few days of fairly easy travel later. Um, Finnegan, you and Cyril can be all rested up, healed up, spell slotted up. Thank you. Darwin and Arnis, roll for your divine charges, just so we have those now. Oh, that was very poor. I rolled a one. <laughs> so you have two charges? Yep. All right. I rolled a two and have three. Oh, nice. And Arnest, would you also roll a d6 plus one for your rebellious charges? Oh, well, now I roll high. I got a five on that one. So nice. Six, six rebellious charges. Oh, that means I can do severe effects. Wonderful. Okay. So it's a few days later. It's getting closer towards the end of the daylight. So it's you know, three, four o'clock. The sun's getting low. The ocean branch is directly overhead and not too far up the road. There's, there's a junction in the ocean branch. So it's kind of like where two portions of it cross uh, and the water just seems to pass through each other. Not quite perpendicular. It's a little bit of an angle, but it's, it's pretty close. Pretty orderly. Wagons pull off to the side of the road. Everybody piles out, stretches. You know, people are sitting down to have a snack and enjoy the show. Uh, people remember what this was like when you did it outside of the Duke's Lament, so they're very curious as to what's going to happen here. The ground here is pretty firm. The road is mostly open. There's some trees off to the uh, the left side of the road a little bit. Once you get about fifty hundred feet back, mostly tall grasses, weeds. It's pretty dry here, except of course for the water hanging in the sky. And Ristos flies out. Okay. I think we're ready now. This is a good spot, especially for Darwin. We don't have to worry about too much collateral damage here, let's just say. All right. Now, Darwin, you want to help crack the earth. Yeah. It's very fun. 
I enjoy this a lot. And I know this is something that Cade is normally capable of. You know, Cade agrees. He's like, oh, if I had a proper body and had full access to my powers, I could crack the road from here to Vermilion. But alas, he does not have access to his full powers and he does not have his own body as you. Still a durable body, though. Now, Darwin, you're going to have to work together with Cade. And I think the best way to say this is just imagine that the ground is not the ground. Humans can't just rip stone apart. So just think of it as something lighter. You know, like a, what's something humans can rip apart? Um, like pieces of an orange. Just pulling them apart. So the ground is an orange. In this scenario, yes. Okay. But if you think of it as a stone, you might, your brain might tell you, I can't break stone. But you know how to open an orange. I hope, I assume. Just, just kind of a mental trick. Arnis. You want to further empower your spells. It's a good thing we've already kind of started this process here. I guess the best way, I shouldn't say I guess, but the best way to do this is to push yourself. Pick a spell that you want to empower and try to go beyond what your current limit is. Mechanically speaking, that limit right now is two. So he's basically asking you to try to spend more than what you have. You know, push yourself beyond that. Okay. Really, Arnis, it's up to you which spell you want to try. We're out here in the open. Things are pretty safe. The only collateral damage you have to worry about is, you know, all of your friends and allies and your wagons. And hopefully, me. You know, don't hurt me. So, Arnis, you need to pick a spell that you want to try to over-empower. Well, all right. Oh, this is... No, that's a bad idea. I'm not going to do that. I really want to mess with all these people that are like, ooh, let's sit down and watch the show. <laughs> but I feel like it's a bad idea. Because if it goes bad, then that's going to be bad. Okay. Which spell? My... <laughs> oh, sorry. What was your original thought? My original thought was that I wanted to, like, cast Tasha's Hideous Laughter, but on, like, everybody that's watching. God. <laughs> that's kind of harsh. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's messed up. I, that's why I was like, maybe not. Maybe I won't do that. But I, I love it, like... but... <laughs> Jerk skit for watching me fail. You haven't failed yet. Yet. I don't honestly know. Because, like, the stuff that I really obviously want to boost is not going to do anything to anyone that's present. Like what? Well, like, regenerate or greater restoration, right? Mm. Like, it's not going to actually do anything to anybody. Since you're not trying to boost a specific spell, you're not trying to improve one spell. You're just trying to boost up your empowered spell abilities. This could be any spell you have. So if you want to use Tasha's Hideous, Tasha's Hideous Laughter, that would be acceptable. You know, it has a target of one person. You can obviously push beyond that by trying to spend more charges than you have. So it could be any spell. It doesn't have to be one that is tied to healing. Okay, then yeah, let's let's do that. Wh which spell? And Tasha's Hideous Laughter. Oh, so you are going to do that after all. God, yeah, I will, I'll give him a little bit of warning, though. And I'll be like, all right, if this works, you're all going to be my guinea pigs. <laughs> Damn. Um, Parlin steps forward, like, arms open. I'm ready, Arnis. Oh, my God. They make me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Seth is concerned. Like, he, he's going and hiding behind Sam. Well, not hiding behind Sam, but, you know, stepping back behind Sam, like, let me get other bodies in between me and Aranis now. Tonk is intrigued. Carolina and Sam are cautious. Optimistic, but cautious. 
And the other kids are like, cool, I'll be a guinea pig. <laughs> but Parlin's the only one who's voicing that. It's like, yes, you feel the touch of the divine. Sorry, this is all like very wild stuff you're both doing. Had to take some notes. Did you send me the new, like, basically chart for how all this works? Did it go somewhere that I am not finding? Um, which one? The Empowered Spells? I sent you that a while back. No, I I have that. But since you, like, altered it so there's, like... Hmm. I guess there's nothing on the Empowered side. It's the, like... It's yeah, it was the just rebellious the rebellious side. side. Yeah. That is Do you different. have the, the V2 of that? I don't think so. I've been like hunting around for it and because I could have sworn that you sent it to me and I had it somewhere and yeah. I can't find it. I can just it. drop that in the group chat if where. you want. That would be lovely. Uh, and then I can just kind of content. download it from there. Rebellious I, Spells V2. Yeah, I, it's Let me make somewhere. sure there's and it went nothing bye-bye. in here that's... No, no. Yeah, this is this is ready for you. Yeah, everybody can take a look at that. Basically, anytime you cast a spell, I can spend those charges to do things. And those are merely examples. Minor, major, severe tiers are just like how bad things could be. Okay, thank you. Now I've got it saved. Okay, where good. it ought to be. Yourself. Yeah, that's, it was mostly at me anyway. All right. So Rystos is flying above the ground, five, six feet. Okay, this is a pretty safe spot. Darwin, Arnis, no offense, but I'm going to back up a little bit before you start this. Just in case, you know? Would you like to take turns, or do you just want to go at the same time? Oh, I think that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> I was going to say it sounded fun. <laughs> well, in that case, who wants to go first? Oh, I will. I'm good at failing first. Fine. So, Aranus. Yep. Currently, yep. you have two divine charges that you can use with your empowered spells feature. Yep. And among other things that you can do with this is target more people. Tasha's Hideous Laughter being a first level spell, I think targeting one extra person per charge would be fine. So you could target three people normally. But since you want to improve your empowered spells, you're going to have to push yourself and try to target beyond that. Dig deeper into your well of divine energy and just really blast it out. That being said, you have a number of allies here. Specifically, you have nine allies here, unless you want to count Cyril, in which case ten. And if you want to count Finnegan and Darwin as well, a dozen. Since Darwin is about to do his own divine stuff, I don't know how much you want to target him. And I don't know if Finnegan or Cyril would want to decline from being targeted on purpose. Obviously, if things go wrong, who knows who could be targeted? Finnegan. We're up for pretty much anything. Okay. So, yeah, if you want to include Finnegan and Cyril in that, you could target up to 11 people, 11 creatures. I'm going to not aim for Finnegan, Cyril, or Darwin. If I can. <laughs> okay. Right? Like, that's the intention, is to not aim for them, just so that if something goes wrong, may- maybe they're still around to help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, among your nine other allies, then, you can target three of them basically for free. Who do you want to target? 
I think if I, I think if I don't target Parlin, they're going to be very offended. So um, there's there's one. Okay. And I don't know why, but my instinct is telling me that I should target the kids. <laughs> okay. So so Morello and Mahogany. Those are my three for free. And the question is how. How much is he looking for me to like push this? Should I just try to target a fourth? Should I try to target five people? Push yourself as much as you want, RNS. Obviously, the more you push yourself, the more dangerous it'll be, but the greater the reward if you get it right. Okay, well, let's try to target one other person. Yikes. Okay. Well, let's just round out all the kitties. Let's, let's see if we can target Tonk, too. Okay, I think Tonk would be all right with this. <laughs> Seth appreciates not being targeted. Yeah, I was going to try to avoid him. <laughs> Poor guy. So yeah, if you want to target more, it does make it riskier, but it does mean you could have a greater effect on this. Mm. That is your call. But I if have you... not had a great level of success. so I'm, As long I'm as you're wary. targeting more than you can, I think we're okay here. Yeah. Okay. So you've added in Tonk. All right, Arnis. I have no idea how well this is going to go. But you know what? That's part of the fun, right? Sure. So, mechanically speaking, spend both of your charges. Crossed off. And as you cast this spell, what what does it look like as you cast Tasha's Hideous Laughter, as you're empowering it this way? Well, usually when I cast it, I, like, I play something kind of goofy and, like, make a weird face at people. (laughs) And... They get so distracted that then they fall down laughing. Like it makes them susceptible to it because really it's a, like it's a saving throw. So um, I'm just kind of trying to like throw them off their game. Okay. This time, I guess I'm trying to do that, but like bigger, goofier, clownier. I don't know. Like trying to grab all of their attention instead of just like one person's attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just trying to like up the goofy factor. Is and there's a song, or there's music involved with this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So as you're playing this music, strumming on M, and pouring your divine energy into it, you feel as you spend both of those charges, like you feel that energy going into it, and then you hit that wall of like, this is what I'm comfortable with. And then you try to push through that and exert your divine power even more to target Tonk as well. I need you to make a charisma saving throw. Ooh. Ooh. I got a dirty 20. Ooh. Very <laughs> nice. <laughs> Push through, exerting this divine energy beyond what you're normally capable of. And yes, you hit Parlin, Morello, Mahogany, and Tonk successfully. They all fall down laughing. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. And Arnis, for you physically, it feels like a moment of exertion, but not in a draining way. It's like an energizing exertion. Like after a long run and you're just like, whew, I'm good to go. Something similar, you know? Like you just finished a big strenuous task, but for some reason you're more energized at the end of it, either mentally or physically. And please roll a d6. Got a one again. Okay. God damn it. Uh, your ones are contagious. 
So as you cast this and as you push yourself beyond your normal limit, not only do you find yourself capable of pushing beyond, but you also find this to be a rejuvenating practice. The more you use your power, the more comfortable with it you're becoming. So we're going to boost your empowered spells from 1d6 plus 1 to... Mm, do I want to be generous? Yeah, I do. Because fuck it, why not, right? <laughs> I mean, that's for you to say, because I would go, um, yes, please. Actually, I'll be a different type of generous. I take it back, Arnis. Don't roll a d6. Arnis, roll a d8. If you roll another one, I swear to God. Nah, bro. I got a seven that time. <laughs> Damn. I thought it was a one for a second, and I was about to be like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. No, it's seven. <laughs> okay. We're gonna bump your empowered spells from 1d6 plus 1 to 1d8 plus 2. Hey. So you now have nine divine charges. The act of doing that just invigorated you. Your friends, your party members are on the ground laughing it up. Parlin's got the hugest smile on their face. They're loving this. For the kids, this is just something new. Like, they've never experienced being hit by Tasha's hideous laughter before. They don't know what it's like. Rystos is pleasantly pleased. Hey, not bad. Nobody died. Good job. Thanks. You're a, you're a patronizing ass. Good. A positive reinforcement here. Come on. Meet me halfway. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Darwin. You've got a, quite an act to follow. Oh, I, I shake them all out of it. I, I get them up. I'm not going to leave them laughing on the ground. <laughs> get up. <laughs> I don't know. It's concentration. <laughs> Tonic Mahogany Morello get up and they're just like, well, that was interesting. Uh, Parley gives a few extra chuckles like, oh, ho, ho, you must still be. Ha, ha. It must still be working on me. Ha, ha, ha. Like, you know, you've dropped the spell. there, like playing it up a little bit, but they'll be fine. Ristos turns to you, Darvin. All right. Let's crack some ground open, shall we? Do it. Okay. You don't have any rolls related to your movement stuff, do you? Mm, no, you don't. Okay. Well, I guess this comes back to how we did it before. Or rather, how does Darwin channel this energy? Are you, like, enduring Cade working through you? And, like, a mechanically speaking, like a constitution saving throw type thing? Are you trying to guide his energy properly, like a wisdom? What's mm. Darvin good at? Like, basically, Nate, how do you want to attempt this? What are, you, what are you good at? Where do you have good bonuses? Only decks, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I'm not sure how that applies to channeling Cade, though. I mean, I definitely see that being helpful once you've channeled him, because then you're not falling into these fissures yourself. Um. Yeah, and I see a motion of, like, you know, leaping up and like smashing the ground with my foot and then goes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, th this sounds like you're just opening yourself up to Cade and you're like, Cade, I'm going to do some sick shit. And then you're going to do some sick shit. Yeah. And it's a matter of you both doing this together without hurting each other. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, Darvin, go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw then as you're doing this acrobatic feat. Flipping in the air and pounding a foot into the ground, however you want to describe it, you paint this picture. And then Cade is just going to try to push as much as he can through. Okay. Saving. I got a dirty 20. Dang! Both of y'all! 
cool. Let me let me look up earthquake. We're not going to do the whole of earthquake because that's that's an eighth level spell and that's way beyond. Okay. <laughs> But if our main goal here is cracking open the ground and creating fissures, sure. Hmm. Let's see. A total of 1d6 fissures open up in the chosen location. Each is 1d10 by 10 feet deep, or 1d10 times 10 feet deep, and extends from one edge of the spell's area to the opposite side. A creature standing on a spot where a fissure opens must succeed on a deck saving throw or fall in. Creature that successfully saves moves with the fissure's edge as it opens. A fissure that opens beneath a structure causes it to automatically collapse. Oh my. <laughs> I guess, Darvin, where do you want this fissure to be? Where do you want this crack in the ground? Or is it more than one crack? We'll start with just one. Okay. Do you want to put this right in the road? Is this off to the side of the road? Is this going to be like right under Aranus's feet? <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, let's go off to the side of the road. I'm not looking to test this on anyone. Okay. Roll a d10. We're going to see how deep this is. I don't have any d10s out. One moment. <gasps> Sacre bleu. Right? Okay. Now I do. I got a nine. Jeez. Okay. Is this with your foot, Darwin? Which part of you yeah. hit the ground? Okay. Oh, I guess it's. Pr- I guess I just have to decide which foot. It's probably the sword foot, because that's even cooler. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. It's almost like you're slicing the ground open. Yeah. All right. You do your sick jumps, slam the sword leg into the ground, and from the tip of the sword blade, a line extends out. Is this a clean line or is it a jagged line? Jagged. Jagged line shoots out from the sword edge. Let's say 50 feet long. And cracks open. <laughs> revealing a 90-foot chasm in the ground, 10 feet wide. And thanks to your very good roll, you do not fall in. You maintain your footing. Cade in your head is, oh, that felt really good, Darvin. Oh, we should do that more. Deal. <laughs> Darvin, roll a d6. Okay. Four. Okay. You know how you had three divine charges to start the day off? Yes. Well, now you have five. We're going to up yours from D4 plus one to D6 plus one, because you're going to be splitting those between these two different abilities that you have now. Got you. And you're learning to get along better with Cade. Yeah. Finnegan, seeing your new allies out there practicing, demonstrating some new skills, what's going through your head? Awesome. We are now much more viable in combat. And... (laughs) going to survive better and hopefully maybe my squishiness will be a little bit more protected my squishy booty ew (laughs) my squishy ass (laughs) (laughs) okay so Arnus and Darwin as you're practicing your skills Finnegan as you're watching this being impressed I mean all right yeah this is an impressive show the party members are really into this Parlin feels absolutely blessed to have been part of the process. Seth is very intrigued, but still worried about all this power that's just being thrown about all willy-nilly on the side of the road. The other kids are definitely more into it. Felicity is just so intrigued. She sees you using these new divine powers, and it's just... 
kind of in awe at the connection that you have with Divine. Sam and Carolina are suitably impressed. It's definitely more than they've seen from you. It certainly seems very useful. And they're hoping that it helps protect everybody. This is a large group now, and aside from the two of them and you all, everybody else is rather comparatively frail and in danger. So the more that can be done to help protect your allies, the better. And Arnis and Darwin, as you're doing this, and Rystos is complimenting you on a job well done, really. I mean, honestly, I expected at least something to go wrong, but here we are, all alive and well. We should do this more and take our time, certainly. It's not always going to go this smoothly, but we'll get there. And who knows? Arnis, maybe you could be a god who's not a total pain in my ass. We'll see. Finian. Yes. Since you are not taking part in this stuff, I want you to roll a perception roll. Oh, goldy dokily neighbor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, well, um, I don't think my bonus is that high, so I don't think this is going to be a very uh, learned moment for me. Learning pages. That's a seven. Mm, mm, mm. That's, not, that's not very great. So Darwin and Arnis are distracted by their studies and their hands-on experimentation. And everybody's just enraptured by this. It's just taking everybody's attention. Finnegan... You're watching this and you feel, you feel like a shake in your chest, like a, like a very deep bass type thing just shook you, but you, you shrug it off. Must be like an aftershock from Darwin's little crack in the ground thing there. You know, just, just feeling things. It's just, it's nothing. It's nothing. Darwin and Arnis, now that you've had some success with this, like, what's your reaction? What are the moments? Excited. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So excited. Um, Arnis? I think, honestly, just, like, relieved, right? Like, I feel like I actually did something. Like, I know that the the last time we trained, it didn't go horribly, but, like, I feel like I actually accomplished something. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, my God, okay, no one's gonna see me as a, like, fake or a fraud or <laughs> as, like, a punk-ass bitch anymore. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So as you're all feeling good and enjoying this successful attempt at divine experimentation, let's just call it, the sun's getting lower, and this is all just very distracting. So nobody sees or hears this until it is practically upon you. There's the beat of a very loud, very deep drum, followed by singing. Not the best. This is not bard-level music or singing. Oh no. This is the song of a rabble. This is the song of people having a good time. Talent be damned. (laughs) This song is laden with swears and innuendo. The sound of drunken voices. And you all look around. You don't see anybody at first until you look up. And look into the ocean branch. Damn. And Damn. there in the water is the tides of fortune. Drunken sailors singing loudly, throwing bottles from their ship, firing light show like explosives from the cannons. 
as Captain Edmondson and his ship approach. What do you all want to do? Haven't we seen that ship before? Uh, you've been <laughs> on that no, ship no. twice. No, I know. Like, I'm just like staring up at it going, wait, we've seen that before, right? Not from this angle, but... <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, who, um... Anybody order a party boat? <laughs> right? <laughs> Nate, it is your glamour member. Finally here. Finally making good on his plans. Nice. This is exciting. For him, I mean. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is exciting for everybody. The Tides of Fortune is now overhead. Nate, what is the masthead on Captain Edmondson's ship? Ooh. I don't it's know. A giant I feel like it's a giant what? Phallus. Oh, come Maybe. on. <laughs> I was just joking. Probably not that. I think we would have noticed that by now. <laughs> would we, though? So how about like a, he's an explorer slash, you know, mm-hmm. imperialist. So like a, I don't know, a compass and a sword, I think. Not a compass, but like the ocean version, like a sextant. Is that what that's called? Oh, yeah. The the compass like you use to draw circles with. No, I mean like some kind of navigational thing. Some kind of, except I don't know what that looks like. Uh, sextant. Images. Like one of these guys. This is a sextant. Yeah, that's it. Okay. But also a sword. Like a sword going through it or behind it or something, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So between the sextant and the sword, which one of them is singing as the ship passes overhead? Ooh, the sextant, probably. All right. Does a mouth appear on it, or does the sound just emanate from it? I think a mouth appears on it. Nice. Because that's such a cool image. So, like, the sextant has that curved part at the bottom. Does that just open up like a mouth then and start singing? Uh-huh. Awesome. <laughs> so at the front of this ship, the masthead, the sextant and sword, you can see the sextant singing along. Whether it's being led by the crew or it's leading the crew, who's to say? But it is loud and it is very distracting. And they keep firing these almost firework-like explosions from the cannons. And they are in the air, but they're getting lower and closer to the whole party. Just boom, boom. What do you want to do as the ship is overhead? Uh, I don't know if I really know. What like what time of day is it? You said it's like getting toward dark, right? The, the sun is setting, so the you can see light refract. Uh, you can see light refracting through the ocean branch, kind of giving a glow underneath the ship, making the explosions, little firework explosions, very nice and pretty in the sky. But there's still some daylight. It's not dark yet. Ah, uh, my uh, my first instinct is just to like let them go and see if they're just gonna pass on by. Okay. Finnegan, Darwin, what about you? Finn's going to look up and be like, Hi, that looks like a hell of a fun way to travel the direction we're headed, I." Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nate, is Captain Edmondson on the deck of the ship? Oh, yeah. Is he bellowing out any sort of orders, or is he singing along, or is he just enjoying himself? He's singing along. Oh, wonderful. What about Lemons? No, he's... He's not visible. Okay. Lemons is not visible. He'd be inside somewhere, probably. 
Okay. I know he doesn't speak. Can't remember if that's because he can't or doesn't, but I know he's a very quiet man. But all right. So Captain Edmondson is up there having a grand old time with his crew, singing, carrying on. And as the ship is overhead and passes just in front of you, it starts turning and it starts circling in the ocean branch overhead. It's a very awkward circling. The ocean branch is not terribly wide, but it is just wide enough that the ship can circle around. It certainly like dips to the side as it gets to the sides of the ocean branch, but it begins circling. And as it does so, there's another voice coming from the deck of the ship, and it is not singing along. You may not be able to tell from here where you are, but this is a, this is a priest of Marluk, the god of the ocean, the god of waters, and the ocean, of course. And as the ship is traveling in these circles overhead, a vortex of water begins descending down. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Paul Calicott, Phoenix Bryan, and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.